Hey, Whitney the producer here. What you're about to listen to is a skill demo videoed and produced for our Equip website. We've cut it and posted it to our podcast, but if you'd like to see my coworker's delightful face or access the resources, head over to equip.archomaha.org. Enjoy! Hi, I'm Chris Summers. I'm the Human Resources Director from the Human Resources Office, and I'm here to help you overcome obstacles to mission. Today, I'm going to provide practical advice for how to address performance issues. So a large part of managing employees is focused on performance management. Creating an environment where employees can perform their best is not always an easy task unless you have a strategy to help support you. When you effectively manage the performance of your employees, you will allow yourself more time to focus on those things that are most important to you, the activities and tasks that help you become a missional parish. Today we're going to discuss how to address employees who are not meeting expectations. Examples of not meeting expectations include um, not achieving goals or outcomes or meeting deadlines. It might be someone who is repeatedly making the same error. It could be someone who's not following an established process or procedure. Um, or it could be an employee who has unstable performance and you just really need to stabilize and have them perform in a consistent manner. I mentioned earlier that managing for peak performance isn't always easy unless you have a solid approach. Let me walk you through a process that I think it will work and will be easy for you to remember as you address employee issues. The first step is to set clear expectations with your employees. So imagine having a job where you don't know your schedule, you really don't know what your responsibilities are compared to the coworker that seems to have a similar job as you, and you really don't even know what you're supposed to deliver on a day-to-day -day basis you're gonna become incredibly frustrated because you know you're not gonna be able to meet your manager's expectations. And in fact, you don't even know what they are. Um, this is going to cause performance issues and perhaps you might even lose your job over this, all because you don't know what your job really is. That's why laying out exactly what success looks like is vitally important for employees. When you are clear about what you expect from them, you and your employees will both be more productive and you'll have less time spent on discussing how you can improve performance. An example of setting clear expectations could sound like this. Jan, as the parish secretary, one of your responsibilities is to greet visitors to the parish office. You should greet them promptly when they arrive, address them by their name if you know it, and treat them in a way that is warm and welcoming and hospitable. Visitors should leave the office feeling welcomed and having been given appropriate attention. The message is clear and simple. Now, you may need to offer a little bit of clarity about what hospitable means. Jan may have a different definition than you do, and that's okay. But at least once you have that introduction of the expectations, it allows you to have a little bit more dialogue with your employees so that there is absolute clarity about what is expected. Setting expectations is not a one-and-done activity, though. Um, as a rule of thumb, there are a number of situations where you may have to reiterate or reestablish expectations. The first one is when the employee starts. You always want them to start off on the right foot and know exactly what is expected of them from day one. The second is when there are changes to the employee's job. Perhaps they had a, a new position or there's been changes to the scope of their role. You always want them to know what responsibilities they will have that are new. You wanna know what they need to continue to do and what they need to stop doing as part of their new role. Another situation is maybe when there's new goals or a new deadline or some other outcome that has changed. You want to make sure that the employee is clear on the expectations that you set for them on, on that new outcome or new goal. And last, 
when there's performance issues. There's always an opportunity to reiterate expectations or maybe even clarify where there might be some misunderstanding. Now, you can share these expectations in a variety of ways. You can share them verbally during a one-on-one, a staff meeting. You may want to email them out so that everybody on the team understands exactly what the expectations are. Or they may even be identified in the job description. But no matter how you clarify expectations, I do always recommend that you write them down and share them in some way, shape, or form with the employee, just so that there's clarity on both sides of that employment, um, what's expected, and there is something to refer back to. After you have clearly communicated expectations and employees that seem to understand what's expected of them, there's always that employee who may not meet your expectations. This brings us to the next step in the process, providing feedback. When giving feedback, you wanna first open the conversation. This gives you an opportunity to kind of set the stage. What are you talking about? It helps the employee kind of get grounded in what's um, going to be discussed. This could sound like, Jan, yesterday several visitors came into the office and you didn't promptly greet them. Instead, you finished whatever you were working on and then you acknowledged them. When you did acknowledge them, it was with a kind of a short, can I help you, that wasn't warm and welcoming. So Jan knows now what the conversation is going to be about. The next step is to clarify the situation. This gives you an opportunity to ask questions um, and fill in some information maybe you don't really have. It also offers an opportunity for your employee to provide you information you may not know that you even were missing. So it may sound something like this. Jan, this isn't like you. Can you tell me why you didn't welcome those visitors like you normally do? Usually you're so warm and welcoming. So as you can see, this allows the employee, Jan, to give you a little bit of feedback. Um, perhaps there's some context that you're missing or there's some information that would be helpful for you to understand um, her behavior and her actions. Jan may share that she gets so engrossed in her work that she doesn't hear people come into the office or she doesn't see them out of the corner of her eye when they do come into the office. So once you have listened to your employee's response and you have a little bit more clarity about the situation, the next step is to develop a plan to overcome the issues. It's never okay just to tell the employee what they've done wrong without actually having a dialogue about how they can solve that issue from happening again. Going back to our situation with Jan, you may say, so since you don't always hear when a visitor comes into the office, what might you do to solve that? Jan may offer ideas such as putting bells on the door so she can hear, or rearranging her desk so she faces the front office door. Um, I would resist the urge though to solve the problem for the employee. Allow them an opportunity to bring forward any solutions that they have. It's their problem, it's their performance. They should own the solution as well. Now, if they struggle to come up with a solution, by all means, provide them some ideas and have a conversation and brainstorm some good solutions. But ultimately, they own the solution. So now you've opened the conversation, you've clarified with them, and you've had a little bit of a dialogue about how to solve the problem through that development phase. The next phase, the next step is um, agreement. You wanna make sure that there is agreement on the next steps that are taken and who owns what actions. This is also your opportunity to um, confirm confidence in them and to show them appreciation for their willingness to work on this issue. It might sound like this. What are your next steps to getting your desk rearranged? Um, once you have an agreement on what those next steps are, take this opportunity to reiterate the actions that you're going to take, how you're going to track progress and measure success. So you could say, 
Okay, so Jan, tomorrow you're gonna contact the facilities manager to rearrange your office. Um, I'll come back and talk to you in a couple days after your desk gets rearranged, just to see how that's working out. Now you're ready to close the conversation by highlighting the important parts of that action plan. And this is where you also will um, exude that confidence um, that you have in her as an employee and just show your appreciation for their willingness to work on this employee issue. You might say, I think you have a solid plan for effectively rearranging so that you can greet visitors promptly when they come in. Um, I appreciate your positive attitude and your willingness to really work on this issue. Be sure that you take any actions that you've committed to as well, like such as following up with Jan next week. Um, you want to make sure that you're monitoring progress and following up with your employee. This means that you know you have invested your own time in their success. You want to make sure that they feel like you are right there in step with them and supporting them. An easy way to provide that ongoing feedback is through what we call the STAR method. Um, you can use this approach to provide positive feedback when an employee does really well and you want to reinforce that behavior or their performance. Or it can also be used um, when you need to coach them and provide that developmental feedback um, when they have some performance or behavior that need to correct. Now, there's really only three components of STAR, even though the STAR acronym has four letters. Um, the ST stands for situation or task. So what was the problem? What was the situation? What was the task? You want to identify that first. The next step is A for action. This is where you're going to identify and share with the employee what action that they took to that situation or task. And the R stands for result. This is where you're going to explain what happened, for better or for worse, um, what was the result of their action and how did it impact those involved in that situation. Okay, so let's, let's talk about examples of positive feedback using the STAR methodology and development feedback using STAR. Here's the situation. Mrs. Green, who's a parishioner at your parish, um, comes into the office and she's very upset, visibly upset, about the changes to the mass schedule. And she talks to Jan, your parish secretary. Using the STAR method, the positive feedback to Jan could sound like this. Jan, you did a terrific job addressing Mrs. Green this morning when she arrived upset about the mass schedule. You promptly and warmly greeted her and listened to her concerns. You calmly explained why the schedule was revised the way it was. She left with a better understanding of the changes to the mass schedule, her concerns were addressed, and it saved me time from having to address those issues myself. So an example of using the STAR method for development feedback might sound like this. Jan, this morning when Mrs. Green visited the parish office, she was upset about the mass schedule, but became even more agitated when she had to wait for you to even acknowledge that she was there. When you finally acknowledged her, you were visibly impatient and used a sharp tone when you addressed her. As a result, Mrs. Green was offended by how long she had to wait for you to even greet her, and she didn't get her concerns addressed. Instead, she came to my office angry, and I had to calm her down before I could even talk to her about the mass schedule. As a result, this took up a significant amount of time that I didn't have this morning and I was late for a meeting. In both of these examples, Jan has clarity about what actions she took and the impact it had. In the first example, it was clear that Jan did a great job addressing Mrs. Green's concerns and that Mrs. Green was able to get her concerns addressed and she felt warm and welcomed and she felt important. In the other situation, Jan clearly knows she didn't do a good job addressing Mrs. Green's concern and had a definite impact on you and took up more time than you had um, available for that concern this morning. Now keep in mind, when you give the feedback, 
you should always document the conversation and date it so that you know what was said and on what date. You don't always have to share that with the employee, but do keep a record of it so that you know what conversations were held and what day. Sometimes, when you have an initial conversation, the performance doesn't improve, and that means you may have to engage a disciplinary action. Each school and parish should have their own disciplinary process outlined in their employee handbook. As disciplinary processes can vary by location, I'm going to describe for you a very common disciplinary process that many organizations use. But please make sure you follow the disciplinary process outlined in your own handbook, um, as it may vary from what I'm going to share with you right now. So there's four typical steps to a disciplinary process. The first is a verbal warning. This is usually that initial feedback um, that you share with the employee to first identify and, and clarify the issue that you've seen or noticed in their behavior and performance. For the verbal warning, you don't typically document and share this with the employee, but you will document it just for your own purposes. It doesn't necessarily have to go in the employee's file, but just keep record of it for your own purposes. If the behavior or performance issues continue, then you might escalate to a written warning. This is a little bit more of a formal step in the disciplinary process where you will document the conversation, you will have the employee sign it, as well as you will sign the document, and a copy will be put in the employee's file, and the employee will be provided a copy for their own purposes. At times, it might take a third or fourth conversation to correct the behavior in the performance. If it does go beyond that written warning stage, then you might go into a final warning. This again is uh, formally documented with the employee and manager's signature. A copy is put in the employee's file and a copy goes to the employee themselves. Um, this is just a, a, the next step, an escalated step from the written warning, but it's kind of that um, final stage before termination. When performance or behavior continues and you're at a point where you don't believe that employee is going to be able to um, meet your expectations or improve in their performance enough to sustain it, this is where you might have to engage a conversation about termination. I encourage that when you get to that point, you should contact legal counsel um, or someone in the HR office to make sure that you have a solid case for termination and that you've considered all the different um, aspects of that employee's situation before you go to termination. And I will say, please always work with legal counsel when you have a contract employee that you wanna terminate so that you make sure you are terminating them within the, um, the parameters of the contract. Now you may have a situation where the, the performance or the behavior is so egregious, the impact is so great on the, the parish that or the school that you really don't think you can go through all four steps of the disciplinary process, and that's okay. Some situations, you might just go right to termination. Other situations, you may want to start at verbal and then you skip to final. Every situation is different, and so your disciplinary process should also be a little bit flexible and be written such that you have the ability to um, skip steps if the situation does require that. If you have questions about when to skip a step or when to go right to termination, you can always contact um, our legal counsel or you can talk to somebody in the HR office. It can be incredibly frustrating to have to correct an employee's performance, especially if it's a repeated issue that you're addressing. But I wanna offer a couple things to always keep in mind when you're having these conversations. One, first we have to realize that even though the performance um, issues may be re repeated over and over and you're, you're at a high level of frustration, you're dealing with a human being here who has feelings and emotions and family and, and all those things. They're a human being first and foremost. And so we always want to treat them with dignity and respect. So remain firm, but remain kind and make sure that your words, your body language, and your tone of voice are always matching. Second, be careful not to let emotions derail the conversation. 
when you're talking to somebody about behaviors or performance, um, sometimes emotions can get high. If that happens, I recommend that you stop the conversation, especially if you don't feel like you can have a rational, healthy conversation about the issue. Um, it's always okay just to take a time out and ask them if you can reconvene when both of you are more composed. And one of the final recommendations I have is always write out your main points before you have the conversation. Not only does it help you plan that conversation, it can help you prepare for any emotional response that you or the employee might have. It also kind of helps you keep that conversation on track. And best of all, it can serve as your documentation when you have to put that in their file. So you may be asking yourself, why does managing performance issues um, even matter to becoming a missional community? Well, the answer is once you're confident and skilled in addressing performance issues, you're going to spend less time managing your employees' um, performance issues. You're going to have a, a staff that understands their expectations and what success looks like. And that gives you time back. It gives them time back. And in the end, in addition, you're going to have a team that is a higher performing team um, that's engaged in the work that they're doing. And it allows you then to meet the goals that you have set namely become an emissional community. So addressing performance issues isn't easy and sometimes the situations get complex or it's, they become really sensitive, especially for staff who may have been there for a long time. Um, so when you need help navigating a situation or you just need someone to um, confirm that you're on the right path and appropriately addressing a situation, please don't hesitate to email or call me. Uh, my email address and my phone number are right here on the screen and I'd love to hear from you.